0: Welcome to the 211th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on December 17th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who grew his own Christmas tree from a single pinecone, Carlos Rodella
1: that's a pretty good idea i don't think that's possible is it i
0: think it must be because people grow christmas trees
1: oh i guess they do okay well I'll, I'll do it although i don't have a backyard so it'll just be like in a random field
0: <laughs> get a little pot and grow it until it's six inches tall and you put one christmas bulb on it like charlie brown oh my goodness but how long does that take I like I don't know four years. Get started now.
1: <laughs> Shit, just in time for Christmas, twenty twenty five or whatever. Twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: oh yes. yeah. I
1: have no I have no Christmas tree or no Christmas decorations. I'm I'm a I'm not a Scrooge, but um, I live in a teeny little room,
0: and I don't know. I just feel like uh, I don't want to bother about it. I hear you. You know, we usually are Christmas tree people, and we usually go out and cut our own tree. We have a, a Christmas tree farm that's kind of out in. Uh, Uh, the hills from where we live and we go there's nice folks we go every year but we didn't do that this year because of coronavirus plus got to be honest we just weren't feeling it so we were talking about it and we were kind of bummed because we weren't feeling it Uh, but my son's like well you know let's still decorate and instead of getting a tree let's make a tree out of cardboard because we actually are pretty good with our cardboard skills We make lots of stuff out of cardboard he's like let's make a tree out of cardboard and then the money you would have spent on that real tree buy me an extra present and I'm like "Nice deal let's do that deal so we have a cool cardboard Christmas tree on our wall you can see it if you go to my Instagram or on my Twitter I posted it a couple days ago check that out and uh, I appreciate that my son was flexible in his thinking wasn't too set in his ways and he's going to get himself a one percent better Christmas because he's going to get that one extra present
1: that's nice Um, actually that reminds me I think one time I did have a small like studio apartment and I did a Christmas tree on the wall with, like, just pictures and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that yeah, before, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. And, uh. um, yeah, I forgot I did do that. Well, you know what? There's some ideas for you if you have a small place. And not much money, uh, make a cardboard Christmas tree or just take pictures of trees and put them on the wall
0: like I did once. There you go. Pinterest slash So Video Games. Actually, don't do that because it's not a real don't site. Don't do that. We're not going to do, do that. that. Not yeah. going to do it. Anyway, folks, we are here. Before we get started, um, we're going to be doing Keeping the House of Carlos. But before I turn it over to you, Carlos, I do want to give just a really quick shout out to our listeners in Spain. I got a couple uh, emails from people in Spain. Uh, who listen to the podcast and they say up front that their English isn't great but they do listen along and they often ask that we are going to uh, type up any games that we list on the show they want like adding in uh, in a text form so I'm I'm happy to do that for those folks out there so shout out to all of our listeners in Spain I really appreciate uh, everybody who who listens even if you can't understand everything we're saying it's awesome that you're listening anyway so shout out to Spain
1: yeah uh, gracias muchas gracias hola uh, from U- Estados Unidos. Uh, um, what's it?
0: Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold
1: on. Uh, que lastima, que lastima. Uh, I necesito practicar uh, español, so uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and um, but I do understand a comprender uh, here and there, yeah. but I don't really say it on the show. Well, uh, but good effort, for, though. For yeah. S- yeah,
0: yeah, good yeah. effort, man. I'm really impressed, like, like bilingual here, and and also uh, to be very specific, uh, the most recent comment came from Asterion, so thank you very much, Asterion, and shout out to. To them and all of Spain. So thank you, Spanish listeners. Uh, Carlos, it is time now to keep the house, and you are the keeper of the house. So what are we going to be keeping today?
1: Keeping the house with Carlos. There's no uh, song yet. Please someone send us a song. You know Come what? On.
0: Fuck, I forgot to check the e- I forgot to check the email. Oh, there maybe may be did. something in there. I'm going to check it right now. You just go to okay. your topics and I'll see if there's a song in there for us.
1: First off, do we know a Jez from UK? Is that a Yes, v- we do. a really big fan of ours or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, they left a message on our SoundCloud and said oh, okay. we, sh- we should have a good Christmas and thanks thanks for the weekly show. Excellent. Um, Thank you, Jez. And by the way, thanks for anybody who leave comments on SoundCloud. We should read them more often, so we'll do that. Uh, And if you are listening to this uh, on SoundCloud at all, just repost it to to a friend you think might dig it. Or just repost it in your own account. Uh, So thanks for that. And the other question, or question, the other um, Keep in the House uh, topic is Valhalla. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla I played and beat and we talked about on the show. I wanted to tell you this too, Brad, but I was really excited about DLC when this game first came out. And then when I started playing it, I was super excited about it. But without spoiling it, something happens at the end with the character you play that makes me not want to ever play the game again. What?
0: Oh my God. That sounds pretty serious, dude.
1: It is. It's basically, I can say this. It changes. Hmm. No, I can't say that. That's a spoiler. Okay. It just makes, if you like the main character, you might not, you might feel weird at the end of the game. Because remember, they go back out to the real world. I was going to say, does it have
0: something to do with the Abstergo shit or something?
1: Yes, it does. And so uh, that's whatever, whatever happens in there, and we talked about it, yeah, that we don't even need it in these games, it changes what you would be doing somehow in the DLC, and I don't want to play it. Wow. Like,
0: that must be pretty severe, because I thought you were kind of grooving on that game.
1: Oh, it's so severe, and I want to talk about it. So we'll have to find a way at the end of the show or something. How about maybe? the very
0: end of the show? The very end of the show... Okay. We'll take five minutes, we'll give a big spoiler warning and then we'll just say it like right at the end. So people who don't want to be spoiled can just can no know okay. about, and they won't be spoiled. How about that? It's a
1: it's a teaser in the housekeeping section. Okay, good. We'll talk about all it right, again. Great. And the last thing is we don't have time for it because we have too many games. But the game awards happened. They did. And they were fun and they're good because right now we're all in our houses or apartments or wherever you are and to you know, have that escapism was great. So I love that Jeff still puts it on and did such a good job of doing that. It was super long though, and even though I like loved it, I was like, "Holy shit, we're in their third hour or something of this thing." Wow. Um, I watched all of it, and we can comment on it another episode. But I just uh, thought I'd say that uh, the two or two or three big takeaways was they showed trailers, but not really trailers, more like teaser, teaser, teasers of Mass Effect a new mass effect is coming. Yes, yes, yes. And a new dragon age is coming. So they kind of like affirmed that that's happening. Uh, and they showed Solus and everybody you know shook their fist at him. And then they
0: said there's going to be a new Perfect Dark. I don't know who that's for, but okay.
1: Well, well, I think it's like a modern Perfect Dark or something.
0: I mean, does anybody have fond memories of that? Cuz uh, I, I mean, know, kind man. of.
1: Yeah, uh, back in the Nintendo days.
0: I guess. I suppose. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that
1: happened, in it. I'm just bringing it up to say that, yeah, yes, I did watch it, and I took a bunch of notes, but we'll, we'll talk about it on uh, maybe the next episode.
0: Well, just to tag on to the very end of that, since we're talking about it, um, I did not watch the Game Awards, but uh, one of our brand-new writers actually covered every single trailer that was on the Game Awards, wrote them oh. up in a very uh, concise, single-place text format with all the trailers embedded. So in case you have not seen... Uh, the Game Awards, Ali Arkani, one of our new writers, uh, did a great job. Just come over to GameCritics.com, search for the Game Awards. You can go to one single page, save your time. There's not a lot of text to scroll through. It's just an entire list of all the trailers with the names. You can see every single thing from the Game Awards at GameCritics.com. Dude, there
1: is the end of the housekeeping then. Just uh, put it, maybe put a link in the show notes. I don't we know. We can do that. We can do that. Also,
0: I have one final thing. I almost forgot to mention this. Uh, Spellbreak, the PvP magic-based game, which I actually kind of really like. I don't play it as much as I play Fortnite, but I do like Spellbreak. It's like my fallback when I'm kind of uh, fortnite out. They are doing brand new story content this week. First time ever for Spellbreak. It's going to be kind of like a timed event that runs... I think over the next three weeks with actual characters, some dialogue, new rewards, new uh, unlocks and stuff like that. So if you've never checked Spellbreak out, I do think it's pretty cool. I do like it. It's my number two right behind Fortnite and they got new stuff going on this week. Promised I would mention it. So check it out. I'm going to check it out later after the show. So new stuff in Spellbreak.
1: I might finally check that out. I've been watching it for a while um, and you talked about it, I think, on the show. It's fun,
0: dude. It's really fun.
1: Yeah. And I do need a game. I like I want that games-as-a-service kind of PvE, PvP kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, okay. Well, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, give it a shot. All right. The house has been kept with Carlos. A little bit for me, but mostly with Carlos. Let's get on to the main content of the show here on Episode 211. Carlos, let's start with you uh, on the PlayStation 5, a box which continues to elude me. Uh, you have been uh-huh. playing Temtem. I don't know anything about this. And for people listening, it's T-E-M-T-E-M, all one word. The only thing I know is it's like some kind of a Pokemon style game. And that's all I know. So why don't you fill us in on Temtem?
1: Oh, you're done. That's it. That's is, that, I mean. is that all there is to yeah. know? <laughs> Shortest review ever. Um, and I, I'm not even joking. Like, this is Pokemon. So that's all. Like, I mean, I was like writing down notes and going like, well, what notes do I have to put down? There's not, there's not really anything. I think the only thing that separates it, from just straight up Pokemon is that you can do well I guess it's the same it's a persistent world like an <laughs> RPG and you can find matches I guess you know what I mean like an online battling like real and people I, real people and okay. so I think all the most Pokemon games you have to like send a code or write is there it's a, kind of a
0: hassle yeah it's
1: a hassle yeah so I would say that's the biggest difference is the fact that you can li- live in this like RPG map world to play a Pokemon type game with your other characters that are not Pokemon, but they're obviously fucking Pokemon, um, and then every once in a while you can go to the menu and just find a match and 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 battle somebody. Also, in the world that you're in, which again this is an RPG like third person, uh, you know, three quarters view, top down view, right? Um, watching your little character run around and your Pokemon follow you. Uh, the characters are bigger than like in Pokemon, so there's like taller characters. And when you're running around this world, there's other people there, right? So it's like it's like
0: an MMO, like or a, oh, any other. Oh, okay. So you can game. actually see other people in the same world, that you can choose to interact. They, like, do you like walk up them and say, "I challenge you"? Or like, what I haven't,
1: do you do? I haven't done that because I'm afraid <clears throat> of people in these types of games. I'm always like just running away from them. Right. Uh, but in the main menu, you can pick find a match, and you can do that at any time. And I haven't like walked up to a person and challenged them, um, I, and I, they haven't done that to me either. So I'm not sure if that's an option. Oh, okay. But but it's, like, more like, hey, we all exist in this world. We're playing this game together kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, It doesn't really do anything for me. Like, that doesn't add anything. And if anything, I'm just kind of like, it's always weird. MMOs, you're like, you see some guy just running in a
0: circle, you know, and you're like. (laughs) Dancing with no point to it, like in front of a shop or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, you're breaking the immersion. This is not, this is a weird world that we live in. Um, But the actual game, the story, I mean, there's not really much there. There's a professor. I mean. It's a motherfucking Pokemon game.
0: Is it like like Professor Elm instead of
1: Professor Oak or something? Yeah, it's like Professor something, and you have to go find him, and you have to make your way to him, and it's basically going through this whole maze uh, or, like, overworld. And when you're going the overworld, you get random encounters or, like, specific encounters with specific characters come out and challenge you. And so you're doing those battles and, like, you know, leveling up your Pokemon. And instead of throwing out Pokemon or Pokeballs, you're throwing out these, like, digital cards so it's okay. the same fucking
0: thing. Same idea.
1: Yeah. Attacks the same. Defense the same. Uh, you know, is it all like your,
0: elemental base? Like you got your fire, water, wood, that whole thing yeah, going on? Yeah, and poison too. There's a couple sure, extra things like that.
1: Sure. But nothing, I mean, nothing new at all. And it's colorful, but I'm not sure if this is a PS5 thing, but it's like the colors look a little washed out. Hmm. Where it's, like, so bright that it's, like, I feel like I need to add contrast to it. Um, that's the only thing I didn't like about the actual look of it. But it's it's a, you know, pretty-looking game and cartoony. And it's fine. Like, my review is it's fine. it's a fine Pokemon game.
0: It is fine.
1: And I think if you like Pokemon, like, I don't love it, you know? I don't either. Right. But I think that people who love Pokemon and say they're done with whatever Pokemon game they're playing. And they have a – this is on PS4 as well, Right.
0: I do not think so. I think it's PS5 and oh, PC. Oh, it's just PS5. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a PS5 exclusive, yeah.
1: Well, here's the niche for you then. You have a PS5 and you're lucky, and <clears> you <throat> love Pokemon, and you don't have any Pokemon games to play. <laughs> then if you, you're in the middle of that Venn diagram. That is a perfect diagram for this game. Like and you want to play people online in a much easier way than Pokemon, I think. Sure. Sure. Right? You just go find a match. Um the other couple of things were I felt like it was a little difficult in the beginning because my main um so you have two pokemon in the beginning and the one that got knocked out i couldn't figure a way to bring him back oh except, shit is it like
0: is it permadeath well it was
1: permadeath until you um go back to a station you know like a little station will revive him
0: okay oh okay so yeah okay go back to the pokemon right, right. center
1: yeah well yeah exactly but it was like um like a in between like uh, like say like halfway in between your destination there's like a little center so you could do it there but like if you're pretty far out in the woods somewhere and you like lose one of your pokemon then you're just battling with one pokemon and i just gotcha. felt like there should be like an item and maybe there is later that like revives one because it just felt like wait i'm just gonna fight with one pokemon now for this whole time but
0: i mean if um, it's like if it's like pokemon i assume that you would have like eventually six or eight in your back pocket and you can bust out at some point maybe you just got to get further in it right know? yeah it's just like early problems so yeah
1: yeah, that's my review. Cool. It's it's Pokemon and it's fun and um, it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world because Pokemon isn't. But sure, if you like sure. that, it's it's perfectly good for PS Five. Sounds like a good Pokemon
0: alternative. All right, thanks, Carlos. I'm gonna run through a couple of things real quickly here. Um, a lot of stuff on my plate as I'm trying to blow through everything I need to play for before we get to the end of the year show, which is actually pretty oh close, pretty, pretty, pretty soon. close. Yeah, pretty soon. All right, first up is Picklock. It's on the Switch. It is a top-down kind of a Minecrafty-looking sort of a game where you uh, play a, th- a dude who like wants to steal stuff. I believe this game is from another country because the English localization is not great, uh, but it's okay. It's good enough. Uh, it's fine. I mean, you're like a guy. You go, you break into buildings and you steal stuff, and then you watch out for guards. Guards patrol on a very um, predetermined um, path, so you just kind of watch for them and look for the timing, and you know sneak behind them when they're not looking. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, there's not a lot of excuse me, I'm cough, <coughs> pardon me. Um, there's not really a lot to it. Like, it's just it's pretty straightforward. Sneak in, steal some stuff, get out, avoid the guards, and then you go to different places. And of course, it gets harder as you go. There's like cameras mounted on the walls and stuff like that. I mean, it's fine. It's okay. It's kind of neat, but it felt pretty static to me. It didn't feel Super exciting, and I played it for maybe like three or four heists, and I'm like, okay, I get the I get the gist of it, and it's it's okay, but it didn't light my world on fire. So, are you, how do you like stealing stuff, Carlos? You got on stealing?
1: Uh, and video games like RPGs, it's fun.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way,
1: by the way, uh, we're gonna talk about it later in the show. But in Cyberpunk, you can steal anything, and no one gets mad at you. Oh, there's no <laughs> penalty for stealing anything ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one of my <laughs> cons, there's many cons. But is that like the the actual world? where like consequence exists in rpgs is like fun you know yeah yeah yeah. um and in this one it's
0: like you just pick up anything you want oh that's a bummer okay well maybe they'll fix that later because i do think that stakes are kind of important and something like that but we'll get to that we'll get to cyberpunk in a second here um so that is Picklock. it is a very straightforward stealing stuff simulator on the switch it's okay it's fine uh next is absolute drift zen edition now this game has been out i feel like it's been out for a while on a couple different platforms oh yeah you know have you played this before it's like i think i have it's like
1: you're just drifting the whole time
0: yes it is a top down minimalist drifting game not a racing game but a drifting game where you play a little car and like again top down you got like drift around corners and hit stuff and collect stuff um i okay so i i can't really talk about this game too much because me and this game did not get off on the right foot so here's what happens uh, I'm, I'm not a, an experienced racing player. It's not one of my favorite genres, but I'm like, okay, it's on the switch. It's cool. It's small. I like the art style. I'm going to check it out real quick. Uh, the tutorial for this game is start the game drive. That's yeah. it. There's yeah. no fucking tutorial. <laughs> There's like an upshift and a downshift. The only instruction you get is how to drift steer and then counter steer. That's it. Literally one sentence. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how this works. I'm spinning around in circles. I'm trying to drift. I mean, I've seen I've seen it on movies. So I know what it looks like when you do it in a movie. But that's all I really know. And this game doesn't do anything to teach you how to drift properly. So I did the first couple levels. Just like stumble my way through. Like just trying to drift around corners. It was ugly. Could not figure it out. I don't know if I was oversteering. I was understeering. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just get a little further. Maybe there's more tutorials later on. I just didn't find anything that really taught me how to play the game. I couldn't figure out. A good practice, or I was just not doing it properly. Did so, you ever play Mario Kart and drift in that? Yeah, but it's different, you know, in Mario Kart, like it, you know, you jump, and then, like, you hold a break and you kind of slide a little bit. Like, it's pretty, it's fairly intuitive, and it's not that big a deal. You only drift for a couple seconds, uh, at least in the older ones. I haven't really kept up with Mario Kart in the more recent iterations, but for a game that's all about drifting, like it's actually called Absolute Drift, you would think that yeah. maybe they would teach you a little bit about how to drift properly, so... I mean, I'm not going to criticize the game because I don't know whether it's a good game or a bad game, but I will criticize it for failing to teach me how to play the game because it seems to assume that you know how to drift already, and I didn't, and I couldn't get the hang of it. So I don't... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah,
1: and I think that some games use the same drifting mechanic. That's why I asked about Mario Kart, and... One of them, I remember Crash Bandicoot, I think I talked about on this show. Like Crash Team Racing or something? Crash Team Racing, yeah. And it was like, uh, I had forgotten what that mechanic was, but it was like, you go left and right a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just jumping, it's like sliding. So I'm guessing it's that, because I think I played it, and I think it was that kind of way. That you have to like um, go back and forth. But yes, of course they should have like the
0: first level that
1: says, yeah. okay, here's how you drift.
0: I mean, literally, literally, I'm not even joking. The tutorial is they put you in a circle track and let you drive. That's it. They say steer and then counter steer. And then that's it. That's all there is. And I couldn't get the hang of it. So yeah. I got I quit it after like half an hour because I just got really frustrated. I couldn't figure it out. So moving on. Uh Call of the Sea is a game coming up god you know i wonder if i I wonder if this is even i wonder if this is before embargo it might be i'm gonna okay we're gonna i'm gonna keep talking about it we can cut it later if we need to call of the sea is an upcoming uh i thought it was going to be like a walking simulator narrative game about a woman who her husband disappears on a pacific island and this is kind of like a cthulhu sort of a world and she goes she is like got this disease And she goes to this island because her husband's looking for the cure. He disappears, she goes after him, she gets to the island, and then she starts getting all these Cthulhu-type messages, Lovecraft messages, and then stuff happens, right? Like, that's what the trailer sold, and that's what I was down for. Uh, And the developers have really gone out of their way to say, this is not a horror game, because most Lovecraft games, Cthulhu games, obviously, tentacles, darkness, slime, monsters, running, scared, they, they all kind of follow the same pattern, right? But the developers are like, this is not a horror game, not a horror game, not a horror game. And I'm like, cool, I'm up for that. What happens is this is like a really hardcore, um, annoying puzzle game. And I did not even get past the first level because I I just like I was annoyed with the puzzles like so intensely. Like you get to the island, there's like all this like bogus stuff right off the bat, like really gamey, really fake feeling, really like obnoxious, like capital V, capital G video game puzzles. And I'm like, Mm. I'm just not here for that. Um, I talked to Dan Weisenberger, who is our writer at Game Critics. He's actually covering the whole game for review and he said it just gets worse from there. Like, I think we were both expecting something more narrative or something more moody or emotional and it's really like a hardcore kind of puzzle game. So I haven't read his full review. He said it's, it's pretty annoying. I felt like it's pretty annoying. I noped out of it pretty quick and I am pretty disappointed that call of the sea is not what I feel like the trailers were selling.
1: Right. Like more like an adventure game instead of, um, or like a puzzle with adventure elements, maybe exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was thinking more of a narrative, more of a feelings, you know, story introspection, something. And it's, it's 100% not that. So yeah, uh, I'm not a, like,
1: I'm not a big fan of like just a puzzle video ass video game of
0: puzzles. Yeah. It's just, um, oh, so annoying. Like, like for example, like in the very first level, you're on an Island, you're on a beach, right. And then you get to this part of the beach Where there's, like, a moat, and I guess you just can't swim in the water because I don't know why. Uh, And there's a a drawbridge that rotates, and there's, like, this, like, pole that has, like, seven different, like, code icons on it. And you got to, like, search around for the icons to rotate the icons, and then the bridge rotates into place and the drawbridge lowers down. But you're, like, on a beach, and it's just water down there. Why can't I walk across it? And it's just that kind of a thing. Because it's it's a a, video game. Yeah, right? Like, it's super video gamey. Like, it's just immediately sucked me out of the world immediately broke my immersion and i just i didn't want to do it so yeah yeah uh last one i'm gonna mention real quick since we're on the lovecraft theme Morkred, m-o-r-k-r-e-d-d more Cred. it's on xbox game pass which is where i played it it's a little four hour indie game which is pretty cool The concept is that you play two characters at the same time. One character is on your left stick, one character is on the right stick. You're going to be manipulating them both at the same time. It's basically top-down perspective. And the hook here is that you have a ball which is glowing light. And your characters die if they touch a shadow. So you have to manipulate the ball, like push the ball down to track and through hallways and up ramps and all this kind of stuff. And at the same time, you got to watch out because that light from the ball will cast a shadow. And if one of your characters touches the shadow cast by your other character, it's an instant death. So it's very tricky. It's very touchy. As you're pushing the ball through levels, there's all sorts of things that cast shadows. There's all sorts of obstacles. Like one person's got to walk ahead and drop a drawbridge. One person's got to move some spikes. One person's got to, you know, roll a thing out of the way, etc., etc., etc. So there's all these challenges that are really about, like, dexterity. I mean, I assume they want two people to play it at the same time. I played it by myself, which is totally doable, but it's, like, twice as hard. Uh, I will say it was intensely frustrating in certain parts, but I did get through it, finished it, and I really kind of liked it because at the end, even though it was really frustrating and kind of abstract, like the story really came together at the end. I thought it was a very neat twist. Um, really glad that I put the time into it. I don't know that I would ever play it again, and I did really spike my blood pressure that day. I was kinda, <laughs> <so> <laughs> it was it It was really frustrating in a lot of parts, but I did power through, and I think it's cool, and it's exactly the kind of thing that I like to see on Game Pass, right, because experimental small probably something that people probably would be hesitant to drop some bones on but it's right there and it costs you basically nothing to play it and it's you know it's just something to try that you might not have tried otherwise so i think that's a perfect place for it and I ended up having a really good time so i give a, a thumbs up to more cred but just be ready to experience some extreme frustration if you're not playing with a partner
1: and it sounds like the exact opposite of the game you just said before that yeah, where like
0: the puzzle, but then the
1: cool story bits at the end and makes you feel good about like doing the puzzles.
0: Yeah, I really liked I really liked how it came together again. It didn't make me feel like it was worth it. And it was a neat little twist. And I it was not what I expected, which is cool. And I just uh, it made it worth it. So I was I was glad that I put the effort out. So that is more cool. cred M-O-R-K-R-E-D-D. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Not sure if it's anywhere else. I think it might be a Game Pass exclusive. We'll see. Carlos. But, but, yeah. By the way,
1: real quick to that yeah. point. Um, we lament that you don't have a PS5 uh, uh, on the podcast a lot. I don't have an Xbox Series X because I can't find that either. Um, I can't experience Game Pass games right now, which I'd like to, like the one you just talked about, because I don't want to go buy a, a, another like old Xbox.
0: No, there's you know no I mean? sense like, in doing that. No. be no
1: reason. So that's I, I feel like I'm stuck in that way. Like, so you'll mention games about Game Pass, and until I can get a Series X, I can't play them.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there's no sense in buying an old one now because, I mean, you know, another two, three months, maybe four or five months, maybe at the most. I mean, they'll be available. I mean, these people, Sony and Microsoft, they want to sell consoles, right? I mean, they're going to get this scalper situation figured out. They're going to make some more chips. I mean, they're going to eventually have more consoles. There will be a point at some time in the future when you can just, you know, maybe not walk into a store until you get your coronavirus vaccine, but, you know, order one on Amazon or something. They'll be available at some point, so it's just a waiting game right now, but I hear you. I can't find I can't find either one, so what the fuck ever, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, Carlos, back to you. Uh, you spent some time with a little game coming from Ubisoft. You've been spending a lot of time with Ubisoft lately, actually. You're I a sure Ubisoft have. fan. Yeah. Um, you went through Watch Dogs. We talked about that. You went through Valhalla. We just talked about that. Uh, and now, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. This comes from the same team that did uh assassin's creed odyssey uh and this is the greek they're sticking with the greek theme must be their strong suit right this is a open world third person uh exploration but a kind of a lighter hearted sort of thing where you play a person with like wings and a lot of people are drawing comparisons to breath of the wild so i put a little bit of time into this but i want you to take the lead here man tell us about immortals phoenix rising
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it's definitely that same team uh, from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It has some of the same mechanics as Valhalla, which is interesting because I just came from Valhalla. And so some of the combat like dodging and then you get a slow motion uh, like the enemy goes slow motion and then you can like attack from behind. A lot of that kind of same stuff in Valhalla is here in this game. And that same kind of open world to run around in and do missions is there. But other than that, it's it's Breath of the Wild, uh, similar to how Temtem is Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> Immortals: <laughs> Phoenix Rising is is definitely Breath of the Wild mixed with some of these mechanics that are in the Assassin's Creed games, um, and then the cartoony look, right? So it's very cartoony. It's very Pixar. Uh, you know, it's like a CG movie. Yeah. But you're yeah. but you're playing it, and I'm playing on the PS5, which by the way, the graphics are pretty stunning um, on the PS5. Like like at times I'm like holy fucking shit you know like I thought Breath of the Wild looked good next to this it looks like a pile of trash with like fish and fire and gross crap (laughs) on it I don't know why I picked fish. I, just I thought, don't know why
0: like, I picked fish either, but that's an interesting, I, interesting image.
1: I was thinking like those little dead fish bones, you know?
0: Sure, like when you look at a garbage can, like a garbage old, can. Old, I was
1: thinking, I was thinking a
0: cartoon again. Sorry. Sure, like Heathcliff or like uh, Garfield
1: Heathcliff. has like the fish oh bone or something. Yeah. Heathcliff. Now that dates us. Yeah, we're old man. The young people are like, what does that mean? Um, so it is beautiful. Um, the the only other PS5 thing it does is it has a little bit of tension in the bow and arrow um and that is kind of cool but it doesn't really do a lot. Um so you play as um uh Phoenix obviously and uh she is kind of a regular person, like a human being and she crashes up on this island and then essentially the game does that thing where it before that even happens it's like um some big huge evil bad guy is out there and we've got to take him down but who's talking about the big evil bad guy is Zeus and Prometheus. And they're just having a chat about like what to do about this, you know, situation of this like, you know, angry God that's come up from Hades or something. Uh, I don't do a lot of research when you know play the game or, or look at
0: videos about it with the history. You're is. summing it up just fine. That's it's a big bad. So you like, get the it's idea. Fine. It's a yeah, big yeah. bad.
1: So the, so the beginning to kind of look at look at that's the situation. And now let's go back which I generally don't like that kind of stuff. Like, let's go back in time. Is that what they're saying? Or let's
0: look over here, ah, dude. I got to be honest with you. I was very confused by that because I couldn't tell if it was telling something that already happened or if it, he yeah. was narrating and it was happening in real time. I was really puzzled as to when this whole thing was happening.
1: Right. Cause that's what they do. And part of it works. And that's the part that I actually like about the game. And part of it doesn't. So what I mean by that is that Zeus and Prometheus are telling a story about uh, you, the main character and what you had to go through to essentially probably come together and beat this big bad boss, but it's comedy. So the reason I like this game, the main reason is because it's funny. Like a lot of it's pretty damn funny. And Zeus and Prometheus are basically like two old New Yorkers, just like in a deli somewhere talking. And they even sound like that. They're like, Yeah. yeah, look at this kid. Wait till you see what this kid does. And the other one's like, oh, really? What, what is what is so special about this kid? Just shut up and watch. You'll see. Like in the beginning, It's a Wonderful Life. You remember when those two uh, angels, or is it just God? I don't know who's talking. I think it's angels. And they're talking about they got to send an angel down to, to save uh, George Bailey. I've actually never seen that movie. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, it's, it's a Wonderful Life reference. But they're just talking about your character. And so your yeah, character yeah. goes out and has to do basically rescue all these gods so that you can get them all together and fight this big bad guy but again it's always comedy it's like so anything you do in the very beginning these two knuckleheads are commenting on and in the beginning it's really funny and they stop doing it for everything you know it's not like non-stop but in the very beginning it's pretty nonstop. and uh, you have to like the comedy and if you like that style of comedy you'll really be into it if you don't Whew. Uh, it's a
0: long game. Probably nails on chalkboard for you if you don't yeah. think it's funny. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I think I did. I think most of it was pretty funny, and and the way that they're they have modern talking, uh, like oh that's a good way to say English words. They got modern talking. Um, <laughs> they'll say things like like that's fire or something, or they'll they'll say modern shit. Yeah, they like, got new new jargon in there for sure. Yeah, and I'm like Zeus and Prometheus don't know about that shit so it's fun and weird and the comedy's like big time the combat itself is you know it's assassin's creed combat it's it's open world third person uh dash uh hold to you know you got these wings you can glide very much like breath of the wild um and then you stamina so you have to climb things and you use stamina if you don't have enough you'll fall um the main thing i didn't like in breath of the wild and i don't like in this game is that like limited stamina yeah i'd rather just be like let me climb anywhere and that's cool and have it take a while but don't make me like have to like manage berries you'd like eat fucking berries to yeah get stamina. stamina drinks and stamina yeah. snacks and stuff yeah yeah but in general the combat's kind of fun because it's assassin's creed right it's like valhalla it's mixed with uh a breath of the wild so that combat's kind of fun the puzzles are interesting i guess i'm not a big puzzle guy we've talked about that <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't care how fantastically designed your puzzle is with like physics and this other thing i don't care like i'd rather just be like what's the button that makes it go away <laughs> you yeah, know yeah like it is, yeah. there's no satisfaction i get from puzzles and games unfortunately and the other thing i'll say that's really unique about it is it has a lot of physics which is fun like things can break you can pick up things and throw them which adds a whole other element that that um assassin's creed games don't have Right. Did you play it? Did you do a lot of the, with the physics itself? Like,
0: picking I mean, things up? I play. So how many hours did you put into this game, dude? Like a while, like eight. OK, I, maybe I think more. I played it for maybe like five or six. So a pretty good chunk. Like I cleared the first island and then I was almost done with the second island. And I mean, yeah, I didn't do a lot of stuff with like the physics, but um, did you get to I, that first God and, and, and rescue her? I mean, it depends on which way you went because you had a couple choices. Oh, that's I went right. To, yeah. I went to the god that was turned into a tree. Is that the one? you Yeah, went that's to? the one I went to. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. went to that one too. So, uh, I was working on freeing her. I hadn't finished off that whole quest, um, but I gotta, you know, I I did like the comedy. I think the comedy worked, although it was a little bit difficult because sometimes I play games on mute when stuff is going on in my living room, and like my wife's watching a movie, and I actually I just got some new headphones, which is fine. But for a while, I my last pair of headphones broke, and so I didn't have any headphones. And, like, it's really tough to, like, watch the comedy subtitles and then watch what's going on on the screen. There's a lot of, like, talking over stuff that's happening, which was a little bit difficult. I mean, not always a problem. Not a problem for everybody. For me, it was a little bit irritating. But I think the comedy is actually pretty okay. I liked it. Um, But this game is, like, a hardcore, like, hardcore ripoff of Breath of the Wild. I mean, it was impossible to think of anything else other than that as I was playing this game. And it kind of took away from my enjoyment of it because I feel like it didn't really do anything that Breath of the Wild didn't already do better. Uh, or differently. I mean, uh, the one thing that I will say is I appreciate that Phoenix's weapons don't break every four seconds because that fucking yes. sucked in Breath of yes. the Wild. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, the way that the world is structured, the way that there are these little temples where you go inside and they're like the little challenges the same way that um, Breath of the Wild did. Uh, the glider, which is your wings. I mean, it's really similar. And I'm like, man, like these guys a little bit shameless, right? Like I felt like it's a little bit too close to the the source material. Phoenix, I feel like, is a pretty boring character, like, pretty not interesting. Um, I tried some different hairstyles and changed the armor up, and they just really quickly get you into, like, here's a bunch of weapons to upgrade, and here's some stuff to upgrade, and you can do the stuff, and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't really care. Like, I don't feel super invested yet. Like, I just was... It felt like a lot of stuff to do, because that's what you do in video games, but I wasn't really, like, super motivated... To do it. You know what I mean? Is that how you yeah. felt about
1: it? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it does the Assassin's Creed thing where, like, well, here's all these things you could do, you know? Right. And right. it sticks it in Breath of the Wild. That's actually a good way to explain it. Yeah. And the thing for me is, I just came off a game where, like, Valhalla, uh, I would say, evolved the form mm-hmm. where it says, here's an open world, but you can actually get XP and you can. This is really, really elaborate skill tree, but it was all based on, like, things you did and progression felt like progression. And this one, it felt like well, I could do all these things and I guess there's leveling up and, but there's a lot of resources and, and ah, crafting Too many things. resources, yeah. yeah too yeah, much yeah. stuff to craft, yeah. And I was just like, th- there's a whole table of or like many tables of things you can do in this like main hub area and it just made me so overwhelmed and also when you fight like big monsters in the environment and in the world, you don't really get anything for it. Like I, I remember I was like, wait, what am I doing? I like took out a bunch of bad guys and I was like, Unless I'm, like, trying to get something that's behind them, which sometimes that's the case, or, like, I have a chest open up. In general, there's just a lot of, like, bad guys in the world, and you don't have to fight them. No. Because you're not
0: getting XP, you know? Exactly. The stuff you need is items to find. So, like, you could, like, seriously skip every monster in the world and yep. just pick up, like, the the fruits or the nuts and the whatever it is that you fucking pick up, like, all the different various, like, Greek magical fruits or something. And if you bring those back to the hub and upgrade, that's your upgrading. So it's like, why am I engaging in this combat? It doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I fought one of, the, one of the bosses. I don't know if you've seen these guys. There's like, every once in a while, you come across a boss that's like extra big and extra tough.
1: Yeah, I fought and, a lot of them.
0: Yeah, it comes up and it says, oh, this is a legendary battle. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to fight one of these dudes. It was like the big, the boar, I believe. He's got like mm-hmm. crazy life bar. It took forever to chip him down. And I just got like, some, like something stupid at the end of it. Like it didn't feel worthwhile. It didn't feel... Like, it was like, oh, that was really cool. That was exciting. It was just, like, tedious and long, and you, the reward wasn't great.
1: Yeah, the reward's um, like a new
0: helmet or something. And yeah, I was it like, was something I immediately, like, did not use, like, because it was stupid. <laughs>
1: Shit. I, I Literally, though, and I don't want this to be the ending of the review already, but I was playing it before this podcast just to see if, like, you know, if I liked it a little more or something. Yeah. And I got to, I rescue that lady, the Athena. Okay. And then as soon as I rescued her, instead of, it like, I don't know it just kind of cut off in a weird way and a, and a boss just showed up and i was like why is he here i don't know what this is and he was impossible to beat like he oh, was I know so fast about. yeah he I was like running around and like just like like almost like like making fun of me yeah like just yeah, kind of yeah. jogging in place and i was like there's no way in no way i could beat you like i'd have to like like the assassin's creed like uh, what's it called gating yeah you know? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, like i almost mm-hmm. I, I was like why would i be at a gated boss for the first god That's the closest – that's why we both did it. It's closest to the starting area, and I do all the things you need me to do, which is puzzles and starting to upgrade my stuff. And then the the reward for that is I have to fight this guy I can't beat.
0: He's really tough. It's a pretty tough boss fight, yeah. Which means
1: you're going to have to, like, go level up or get some other thing. I don't know, some extra health bar or stamina bar. I think that's what it is. It's
0: just about going to get some more fruits, dude. Like, they want you to go – I don't do want some to more fruits. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like, I didn't want to collect the fruits. I didn't want to do that because it was boring. I didn't want to do the puzzles because once I had done a couple puzzles, I'm like, okay, I'm done with these. And they just kind of repeat after a while. Like, they don't they don't really change it up that much. So once I saw the same puzzle repeating, I'm like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do your your little vaults because I don't want to do that. Like, there was too much of the game where I was like, I don't want to do this because yeah. it's not exciting and fun, which is basically the bulk of the game, which means I just had to stop playing it because I just... It just wasn't hooking me, right? It just was not grabbing me. A lot of busy work, not a lot of excitement. And I will say really quickly, they let you remap the controls, but they fail at that because a lot of the controls have dual and triple purpose. So like I could not, for the life of me, get the controls to be the way that I wanted them. I wanted the dodge on a certain button, but the dodge also controls dashing. And the dodge also controls dashing when you're flying. And it also controls dropping down. And they only let you like remap the first function. They don't let you remap all the rest of it. So every time I like I change the button, I'd start to fly, and then my character would zoom straight down to the ground because they wouldn't dash forward instead. You know, they would, like, right. immediately land. And like, no, I don't want to do that. And, like, I have to change the buttons around. And just, like, nothing made sense to my brain. I could not get it to work. And that was also an added layer of, like, irritation. So, Dude. I mean, it's, it's, what, what, what? No, I was going
1: to say, I'm going to add to that because uh, that's exactly the thing that I forgot to talk about, which is no control scheme felt good to me. Mm-hmm. And there's just too many buttons. Way like, too many. Maybe, like, I, I don't know why there's that many buttons. And then I went back to it just now. And I was like, well, I'll just go a little bit further and, you know, see if it. And I was like, I can't even play this game. I, like, just waited a couple days. You already forgot
0: everything, right? And yeah. I was
1: like, yeah, wait. Oh, it's it's boxed to run faster? Dude, yeah, and, I know. Who does that? And you have to hold it down? What are we, a Mario Kart? Yeah. You know, like, it's everything felt really, really bad. And then when you do the physics stuff, oh, this is, this is rich, as they say. This is rich. <laughs> as the kids um, say. As the kids say, there's a triangle button, at least on the, you know, the one I was playing and how I, had yeah, mapped, yeah, yeah. triangle button is, uh, sometimes it's to pick up a big rock, which you need to like fight big bosses or whatever. Sometimes it's the Mount to call yep. your Mount. Yeah. So I just kept calling this reindeer and he would just show up in this battle. I'm like, fuck you, reindeer. You're <laughs> nice and all but get the fuck out
0: of here. Cause I was trying to pick up this damn rock. That was for Rush. Dude, I got to ask you, okay, I got to ask you a question, right? So, like, wait, okay, so as we're doing this, exactly like you said, uh, so I'm playing the game, right, and I notice, I don't know what happened, but somehow I had a horse in my inventory, and I'm like, how did I get this horse? There was no cutscene that introduced the mount. I didn't have to go find him. I didn't unlock him anywhere. I just was walking around, and then all of a sudden I had a horse. Like, did you just get a mount, or was there, like, a mission that you did to get the mount? There was a
1: mission I did to go get, like, that reindeer. Oh,
0: man. I just was like, where is this horse coming from? Why do I have a horse? They didn't teach me anything about riding stuff. Why do I have this? What happened here? Something happened.
1: Anyways, I will also say, though, too, again, the the, the crowning achievement, I think, though, is it's so hard to do comedy in video games. Yes. You know, and so I give them like a lot of points for that because I do, too, even with the frustration, I went back today because I was trying to get some story. You know, trying to get some of that comedy, those two old guys like bitching, but instead I got a boss I couldn't beat. So shame on you, because I was there for the comedy, and I don't know if I can go back. Because if you're like going to gate me from seeing more of the comedy, you know what I mean?
0: If you're not up for fruit collecting, then maybe this is not okay. the right experience for you, fruit right? Collecting. Yeah. So, it's, what were it's you gonna boring. say earlier? What were you gonna say? I don't remember, but I do okay. give props to comedy. I think the comedy is good, but like it's just it's just too much stuff to do without a real good motivation to do it and the character's kind of boring and I mean yeah. it, it runs fine on ps4 it's totally fine it looks beautiful on ps4 I have no complaints as far as performance so I think I'm not really missing out on too much I'm sure it looks better on ps5 but I mean it looked fabulous on ps4 and if you've never played breath of the wild you probably would think this is pretty awesome if you're not maxed out on ubisoft open world games you probably would think it's pretty awesome but if you've been around the block a little bit it may not feel fresh enough I mean that's kind of how I felt Yeah, that's a good good, uh, summation. All right. That is Immortals, Phoenix Rising. Uh, Moving on a couple things here. First, a shout out to Bridge Constructor, The Walking Dead. Have you ever played a Bridge Constructor game, Carlos?
1: I have. And that is, again, a niche uh, type of mood you have to be in. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Very specific. It's kind of a physics slash puzzle game. There's like, I don't know, like six or eight different Bridge Constructor games And there's like a portal one. There's like a regular one. There's like I think a horror themed one. I mean, there's all sorts of different ones. Um, Basically, it's a 2D puzzle game where you have materials and you have to get something or someone from one side of screen to the next. So like sometimes it's a car. You got to build a bridge and then you put it together bit by bit like girders and beams. And you put in little uh, screws where the joints go and you got to like have the weight be distributed properly on the bridge. And, you know, it's kind of a fun little puzzle game if you're in the mood for it. My son loves them um, and he's the one that kind of got me to look at this. Bridge Constructor The Walking Dead just came out. Of course, it plays off of The Walking Dead, which seems to be popping up everywhere. It's in Fortnite this week as well. Um, but basically, you take the Bridge Constructor formula and you add characters from The Walking Dead, and you add zombies, and you add survivors. So it's a, um, a an evolution of the formula. You're often trying to protect humans from zombies. You're often trying to crush zombies by triggering something to fall down on them. Often you're trying to get the Walking Dead characters to take some kind of special action. They can attack the zombies, or they can trigger switches and stuff. So if you like the Bridge Constructor games, and I mean, I think if you like them, you probably like them. I think they're pretty neat. Uh, I haven't tried this one yet. i watched my son play a lot of it. He really likes it a lot. But it looks cool. Um, I'm going to probably try it once he's done with it. Uh, but if you want Bridge Constructor with a little bit slightly different flavor with the Walking Dead added to it, it's pretty cool. I dig it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a that's an I guess from Carlos. The other thing I want to call attention to this week, um, I you know I love board games, dude. Do you play a lot of board games? Well, I used to when I could see people. Sure, yeah. when you had people. When I like board games a lot. I never had a regular group, and I I got to be honest, like I like them if they're fairly simple. But like, when it comes to be like forty thousand little tokens and characters and figures and you know items and things, and so if, if it gets to be too much to keep track of, it's difficult for me. So I like to do board games when they're done virtually because the computer like automates a lot of that stuff, right? takes it out of your hands. For me, who's like a board game noob, I, I really appreciate that. So uh, I got sent a code for Evolution. Uh, this is on the Switch. I believe it's on other systems as well. This is a pretty famous board game. I've never played it in real life on a board, but I have heard of it and I've seen it in stores many times. Basically, you take animals and you fight for resources. like You basically want to fight for food. You can have either herbivores or carnivores And the cards that you play give your animal different abilities like you can grow horns like defensive horns to protect you from predators You can grow your body bigger so that predators can't eat you because you're too big You can like be in a herd and if you're a predator, then you can like sneak around you have stealth attacks You can um, do all sorts of different things So basically each player has their own animal that they're evolving in different ways And the winner is the person who eats the most food by you know by theoretically like surviving the best most successful way possible turn-based card-based, and it's an electronic version of a board game. Um, I will say that the tutorial is okay. Um, I've never played the game before, and after going through the tutorial, I got it basically. There's a few little fine points that I was a little bit hazy on, but I I was able to stumble my way through it. So I got a good kind of foothold on it. And once I figured out what was going on, I think it's actually really cool. I really dig it. There's a campaign that teaches you the different styles of animals, and in the different biomes, there's like a desert there's like, uh, I believe, a jungle. I think there's also like a frozen area or something like that. So there's different biomes that have different effects. Sometimes more food, sometimes less food. And it's interesting because a lot of these concepts in the game are direct parallels to real life. So it's actually a pretty educational experience as well. A lot of stuff that you know about animals or that, you know, you might learn at a zoo directly apply to stuff in this game, which I think is pretty neat. So kind of a little bonus there. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's uh, it runs really well on the Switch. I think it's pretty easy to get into. Really robust online options. You can uh, challenge people. um, You can get your friends into it. You can challenge strangers. There's all sorts of like PvP stuff if you want to do that, which gives a game like this extra legs. And the game itself, I think, is just really fun to play. Really interesting and a good adaptation. So thumbs up to Evolution. It's like Sims and Spore, right? I mean, the concept, but definitely way more manageable and way more straightforward. Like, definitely electronic board game. Think of a board game um, right. You know, but that's same concepts, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that is evolution. Thumbs up to that. Also, thumbs up to Bridge Constructor, The Walking Dead. Carlos, let's get into it, sir. It's the game that everybody, literally everybody, is talking about right now. Some of it's good. A lot of it's really not so good. Uh, CD Projekt Red launched their behemoth, the long-awaited Cyberpunk 2077. Launched it for all systems and. We don't have to start off on a negative note, but there is a lot of negative energy surrounding this game, which is weird because I think everybody in the known universe was like giving it the benefit of the doubt, was really excited. A lot of good energy carried over from The Witcher 3. I know that you and I are both Witcher 3 fans. We are both really psyched for this game. And then stuff happened. So let's hold yeah. off on that for now. Why don't you just tell us about your personal experience. Uh, PS5, correct?
1: Yeah. PS5 doesn't matter. Remember PS4 because it's, there is no PS5 version.
0: Oh, correct. It is a PS4 version running on a PS5, but it yep. performs better on PS5. Is that correct?
1: I guess. Maybe. I, I, I think probably better than a base because every, all the news is about base PS4. It's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it performed pretty well. Um, all right. I looked let's, at some of the – yeah.
0: Let's put a pin in that for now. Let's, let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about your experience. You picked up Cyberpunk 2077. You're playing it, the PS4 version, on a PS5. What is Cyberpunk all about? What do you think of it so far? What is your 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 entry level experience been?
1: Yeah, it's so hard to um, separate that out though. Like what people are thinking about it and, and the the graphics and stuff. We'll come back to it. We'll circle back for sure. Um, I think in general, if you don't think of the graphics per se and the glitches and the bugs and the things that are uh, you know hindering it, the game itself feels like like a Fallout Four game. You know, it really feels like. Um, a first-person RPG in a modern setting. I When I was playing it, I felt like Fallout 4 because uh, I think we talked about it before, but I was going to play this as, course as Melee because I'm a Melee person. I find something and I hit people in the head with it, and that's how I play RPGs. And so I was very, very excited. In the very beginning, you get to pick up a katana blade early on, and I pretty much had blades the whole game. Um, and that was really fun, but yeah, the whole general uh game itself is you know, you are uh, V and you can your name uh, is the letter V, your name is the letter V because you thought
0: you said RV, and I'm like, wait, are we oh, going somewhere on a trip? Like you, what's are, happening?
1: you are an actual RV and you drive around, <laughs> and have to gas up, um, and you could be you know, whoever you want to be, male or female, but the actual custom, like customization of the character is limited which again is one of those which points, is weird that's weird. which is really weird yeah it's one of those points that are tied to the technical stuff right it's a kind of impossible for us to not talk about it during the whole process but it was super limited and i felt you know bad about that because i was going to spend so much time in this game and this game's gonna be my my whole world so i finished creating my guy version i picked the guy version um was planning on romancing some people so i wanted to go that route for sure, myself sure and uh get into the game and you pretty much i'm not going to go story by story bit by story bit but you are in this world night city you essentially get to night city early in the game and you have like a main character who's like you're a good buddy and there's some pretty traumatic stuff that happens with you and him early on which people are probably already talking about online but it the things that happened with my main friend in the game in the early parts of the game made me totally invested, where I could look past some of the bugs and the graphics and go like, well, it's just like Fallout 4 or Skyrim or something, where things are clipping through walls and you know weird things happening. Okay. I can be lost, a suspension of disbelief, because the story might be so good or something, or I might be really into what's happening. Fallout's always been like that. Fallout's always been glitchy and weird, and I just go, I don't care. I'm going to hit things with a hammer and then get to a story bit and, like, feel invested. But they did a really good job in the very beginning of of making you feel connected to this main character, your main buddy. Uh, And, again, I don't want to say anything about spoilers, but I was, like, in, you know, even though my surroundings and it wasn't, like, exactly what I was expecting because our expectations were too high. I was having fun, like I was hitting things with my sword, I was connected to the characters in the in the story, and I could see the path ahead, because you see all these buildings, you know, you're in this huge city, and it, at times it feels really beautiful and world, like, like lived in and, you know, alive, and at times it doesn't. And you go, wait, that's a really dumb NPC routine, AI routine, uh, or like that is broken or something so it, it keeps taking you out of it and you're like fuck but you know the the idea of what what stories can be told in this world is all around you um and then middle way through i think you know besides the bugs which i keep bringing up um, now, wait a second, have you
0: completed the campaign
1: yeah I, beat, yeah, I beat everything.
0: Okay, you completed the campaign. Is there still like a million question marks on your map? Or like, is there still tons of stuff to do? Or how is that looking?
1: Let me get to it. Okay. So halfway through the game, I'm feeling like, like I said, it's a Fallout game. And so I think if anybody goes into it, my short, my short, short summary of what this game is. If you like Fallout 4 and you don't mind the bugs, that's what this game is. For a PS4, right? Like, that's what it looks like. And that's how it plays. And it's fun. But I would say the stories in this game... Are better than Fallout Four. I know that's a very like specific way of saying will you like this game, but I'm serious. That is the most quick way to 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 it. If so you like a, un- a unpack 4 that game, a little bit because yeah.
0: I well, let's unpack that. I think that's a good um, estimation. But like for people who haven't played Fallout Four, in what sense do you mean that? Because I played a little bit of Fallout Four, and my impression of Fallout Four was. Um, storytelling not as good way too much combat not a lot to do in the world and that's kind of my takeaway what what do you mean by fallout 4
1: i mean new vegas so pick new vegas then i mean a first person rpg with a compelling story and you know it's a little glitchy with the graphics and a little glitchy with the combat but you get there because you like level up your character and really feel invested with the characters you're talking to and okay and, and story decisions you're making right um, that's why I can be replaced with any kind of open world first person game, but I, th- I would say let's let's pick New Vegas then. Okay, right? sure, sure, okay. or, or like Outer Worlds. It's, it actually felt like Outer Worlds a lot
0: to um, me, right? All right? So what? So about this, I hear a lot of people saying they feel like it's it's a very shallow experience, and I don't, I you know, I haven't played it, I can't say. But I mean, do you feel like the the side quests are like are they meaty? Are they interesting? Are they kind of on a level where Witcher Three was at? Or the characters you're meeting, are they interesting as well? Because I don't, all I hear about people talking. Um, it's just like, you know, the glitches and that they are not impressed with the gameplay. Everything's feels shallow. And just like, it's not like, it's not done yet. So like what kind of experience, like narratively are you getting out of this?
1: Yeah, I guess this is the biggest thing is that like, they, they rush you through the main campaign. So as I was playing it, there's all these, you know, side missions that pop up for, for sure. And yes, after I beat the game, there's still some there, but they are focusing so hardcore on you and Keanu Reeves, who pops up, obviously, and this story that they literally are pushing you through the game to get to the ending. And so I would say that there were some side stories that were interesting. None of them felt as powerful as some of the Witcher ones, probably. Okay, okay. Um, I shouldn't – a couple of them were close. A couple of them were pretty close. But in general, the most compelling thing and the really good stories and the really good, like, me feeling good about like investment in the character is the main story so that's what was really interesting and the main story only takes you about 23 hours 22 hours
0: it's not very long i mean people were saying this game was like 150 hours but i guess that's i guess if you do like every single question mark on the map or something
1: there'd be okay so let me finish this thought is that after i was pushed through to the end there are characters you can romance and, you know, characters you can get closer with. So I found a woman. She's a lovely lady. And we're dating now. And her name is Pan Am. And she's amazing.
0: That's what everybody's in love with Pan Am
1: right now. Oh, it's so easy to be. So and, I, and these COVID times, you know, just me <laughs> in my little room by myself. I'm like, no, no, we're dating for real. Like this is, our this relationship. is a relationship. This is
0: an actual relationship that's going yeah. on right now. Yes. So
1: that that's a, in quote side mission, right? So there's a bunch of those. And I think those felt like really powerful and really good. Um, but again, even while I was doing that one, they were pushing me towards the main mission. So um, I did get to finish that side mission with her. And, uh, you, you know, we got a little close. And, um, and I felt really, really good about it. Cut to... And this is very important to my review of it. I did the ending because they were fucking pushing me towards it so much. And I had all these side missions, but I was just like, fuck it, let's do it. And they go, it's a point of no return, you know, finish up your side missions. And I thought, like, that's fine because I'm in love with Pan Am. And we're gonna, I'm going to beat this damn game. And I'm going to go back to Pan Am. And we're going to do all those side missions, right? Like, that's my that's dream. That's what worked. I would
0: assume, sure,
1: yeah. Right. Guess what, motherfuckers? Nope. Is it because game over? That's it? Because, and I'll, I'll minor spoiler here. Okay, there's a minor spoiler. Minor spoiler, okay. Fast forward like a minute or two. Okay. When I did my specific ending with, uh, well, the ending's the same-ish. No, the endings, there's actually a, a bunch of different trees. But when my ending happened, a main story was over. I went back to Pan Am without spoiling anything. And she was like, we're going to do something that's going to change the whole world. <laughs> And I was like, "Uh, can we not? (laughs) Because I have side missions. And she was like, no, we have to do this thing. And I didn't want to do it because I knew if I did it, you know, whatever. This is so vague. I Basically, I had to do it. I had to do what she was talking about. So after I did that, it says, okay, go back to your save point before the end of the game
0: weird so they make you okay so just to be totally clear on this you finish the game the game shunts you into doing something with this character that you romance she makes you do something but then if you want to keep playing you've got to go back to an older save yep and i was so mad uh, that's not cool that's because
1: not cool. it's like all those events didn't happen and some of the, those events included her
0: Right. You know? You're kind of undoing and the narrative stuff you built up.
1: Undoing the narrative stuff with like they want you to be invested in the narrative and stuff. And then they
0: undo the investment. That's a bad move.
1: That's yeah. a bad move. And it was a really, really good ending too. Like like the other thing that she wanted me to do, like was it was amazing. And so I wanted to like live in that world and go do side missions. So, anyways, all that said, and this is the most messiest like it's a hard to review this game. Um, I did a YouTube video, youtube.com slash a lot of things. And it, I do it in like a minute and a half. It's much better than what I'm doing now. But
0: um, I love that we're getting your sloppy seconds here on the podcast.
1: <laughs> well, no, what I did is I just basically said like the eight or nine things about the game. It's when you start getting into the nitty gritty, it's it's a mixed bag. You know, it yeah. really is. Yeah. So I will say this though: uh, combat. To go back to the glitches and bugs for a second. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a mess. At times the physics and stuff, the NPCs, like I say in the video, it's like you I can't unsee some of that stuff. It's like weird, heads twisted, legs bent, like just weirdly broken. I see a lot of t pose Physics. Yeah, a lot of t pose a lot of like the legs go back up in the air when you kill them, like just like for no reason. Um anyway, so a lot of that stuff takes you out of it. The combats you know, glitchy, but I got to play Melee and I felt like f- it felt fun, right? Uh-huh. The stories that I did play I was very invested in. Like, they still have that knack for making some incredible stories. And I got teary-eyed at one point and I was like, fuck, I am feeling shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's in this game. People aren't talking about that enough. I'm not hearing so, anything about that, yeah. Well, they're, they're not probably finishing the game like I did. There's a lot of fucking good heartfelt moments in this game i mean fucking awesome shit and then there's the bugs you know so i would say overall i liked it i'm very frustrated that i had to go back in time but that said i went and played the game for another fucking 15 20 hours like you know in the backwards time because i said i said in my mind i said uh i built my own narrative that that was just me seeing the future Right, because I'll still do that. Like right. that will that will be my true ending is with her doing something, but like for now, I just it was just me like getting a glimpse of my future is how I posed it.
0: Well, you know, I gotta say, dude. I mean, I was really psyched for this game. It's probably been my most most uh, anticipated for quite a while. You know, me being like, I mean, Witcher Three is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so of course, I was really wanting to see what they were going to do next. And I mean, this whole thing has been like just hugely disappointing for many reasons. Um, when When uh, New Vegas came out, I mean, that was a bug ridden mess, right? And I was really, really excited for New Vegas when it came out. I did not play New Vegas. I intentionally did not play it for one full year because I wanted to get the best experience possible and I knew that I would not be happy if I played it when it was buggy. So I didn't touch it for a year. I gave them time to patch it by the time that I got to it, a little buggy still, but it was way, way, way better than it was. I'm thinking I'm probably going to pull a new Vegas here. Like, I'm I'm going to play this game at some point, but I don't want to get through the bugs now. I don't want to put up with this nonsense and the crashing and the weirdness and the getting pulled out of the world. And I think I may just wait. I mean, I don't have a PS5 yet, and they're working on a PS5 specific version. I'm sure that's going to look better. Hopefully it'll run better. I mean, for God's sakes, I hope so. I think I may just put this whole thing on pause for like six months or a year and just come back to it when it's in better shape.
1: That was going to be my suggestion like i uh, i'm early adopter to everything especially games and i'm hungry for games so of course i was going to play it even with those issues and i'm glad i did still because it definitely like um uh, you know escapism it let me go into this world i got to meet pan am my girlfriend um but you know the ps5 version you know will be great to play and obviously i have one in, in four or five months or whatever like you said i'll play that version too and I would suggest that for a lot of people, especially people playing on base console, PS4, Xbox, um, just don't play it yet. You just yeah. definitely wait. And I think they could have waited. And to your earlier point, like two or three episodes ago, you you know raised your flags, your uh, little feelers, antennas went up, and said, "K, Carlos, why haven't we played this game yet?" And obviously, that's the reason because yeah. it was like you know, lot, large parts were broken. So that part sucks. I think in general, like I'm hearing on the shows and podcasts you know it's a lot of mismanagement on the like upper echelon level uh, the developers are just trying to make a good game but like who's managing those developers and right right you know, i mean we we gotta address
0: this dude we gotta address it and, and so like i guess first off let me just say i feel terrible for like the people at cd project right like the developers the programmers the people who are making the graphics like all the engineers and stuff like these people are not to blame this is not their fault like i feel terrible for these people they've probably been crunching to Helen back probably haven't seen their families in months they're probably fucking tired and sh- just and worn they have out to crunch more they have to crunch yeah more now they gotta more. crunch more i feel terrible for those people so let me just be really really clear up front i feel for those people those people are not the people they're not the bad actors in this whole scenario right like it's the people like you said the mismanagement at the top it's the directors it's the people on the board it's the people who are you know in charge of making the stockholders happy and like this the shit that cd project red has pulled is some of the dirtiest shit I've seen in like some time. I mean, they very clearly knew that the PS4 and Xbox One versions were not okay. Uh, recent stories have come out saying that CD Project Red skipped over the uh, the QA process. They got a special waiver because they promised it was going to be ready to go by the time they launched, and that was not true. So it's making Sony look bad. It's making Microsoft look bad. They gave them the benefit of the doubt, and they got a pie in the face for it. They, you know, most of the sales are going to be on PS4 and Xbox One because that's where the most players are. That's where everybody was waiting to play it. And they intentionally held that stuff back. They did not let people play the review copies. They did not share that footage. They knew this game was not ready for prime time. And they went ahead anyway because they wanted to cash in on the sales. And that is fucking dirty. Like it is fucking dirty. I mean, I just, it really makes me sick because I, you know, had a lot of goodwill for these guys based on Witcher 3. Very excited. I was very close to putting money down on this, but, you know, not seeing those review codes come out ahead of time gave me a real pause and that feeling was borne out. And I'm just, I'm just really, really upset, you know, because a lot of things can be forgiven, right? Like bugs can be forgiven. um, Patching things can be forgiven. A little weirdness can be forgiven. You know, a lot of stuff can be forgiven, but what they've done intentionally deceive players and intentionally try to game the review system and and they knew this shit was not ready to go and they wanted to cash in that to me is just a different kind of dirty and that's not so easy to forgive i'm very very um, disappointed with cd project red's management and their leadership again not the not the people on the ground not the people making the game those people i feel sorry for uh but it's ah, this is it's really tainted the whole thing for me dude it's really left Let's, a super bad taste in my mouth
1: well let me take some of that taste out of your out of your mouth. Um, because I think this is the other part that doesn't really get talked about a lot. For one thing, the, my biggest concern is actually the ending of the game mm-hmm. and the fact that they won't let me play the game after I beat the my ending. That's not has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, right? Sure, like, sure. My my biggest gripe is actually that because I like the world and I want to do more side missions and I'm doing them, even though it's in the you know the uh, back in time version in my right, game. Right, right. So that's one of my biggest ones. The second biggest one. Just talk about, like, the actual on-the-ground problems with the game, right? Yeah. The second issue is the physics for the NPCs. Like, when they die, they do weird fucking things. Like, that's fixable. Like, you know, I worked totally. in games. It's fixable. So, and the only time that ever really even bothered me, because, I of course, you don't have to look at a dead body after you kill it and you run away, you know? But, like, is one of the main characters was talking, and he fell down, and that was disconcerting. <laughs> was he still like, talking when he fell down he was and it oh, looked Jesus. really like it was, it's in my dreams it's like in my nightmares <laughs> um because it was someone you cared about too you know and he's he's obviously like a robot and then point. just like all the bones leave his body <laughs> oh it was a bad scene and it was just because by the way let me explain why that happened it's jackie one of the main characters in the beginning and uh, he's doing this speech and he's talking and it's kind of a good moment and i had found a bad guy and killed him and i for some reason because i'm I played video games wrong. I brought him in the elevator with us and it just was setting him down, you know, because I killed like him. Like you were carrying was...
0: the dead guy's body with you in the elevator?
1: Yeah, because it was, I was trying to hide him or something. I got stuck <laughs> in the elevator. Anyways, the point is I put the guy's body down and it knocked into Jackie and Jackie fell down and then Jackie didn't get back up.
0: <laughs> did it just, what happened, did it corrupt the whole storyline or what happened no, after no
1: he got better he reset himself okay okay yeah Jesus. but uh, anyways in that elevator he had gave me a speech and i had to hear it when he was what? on the ground <laughs> so okay so that time and the time at the end and maybe once other other time other than that like all the stuff people are bitching about i just i get so frustrated with like in general people say everything's either great or or horrible, right? It's it's also this country, left or right, uh, you know, Republican Democrat. It, it, life is gray. And there's there's good things to be found. Just and to be even, clear,
0: Republicans are genuinely horrible. That's not in dispute. Okay,
1: right now, yes, there's a lot of not in dispute issues with the GOP. But I will say this: it was a fun time for me, even with those few things. And the main thing is not even a a crunch thing or a miss. Uh, what's it called? Miss PR thing or something? It's just like the fact that the game won't let me continue after i end it um i just don't think it's as insane as people are are doing it because i mean i played the fucking game there's so many people are going like just watching screenshots you know we see this in our industry all the time sure sure they they read all the gawker headlines and reddit things and they go oh these guys need to be put on the fucking in the fire you know but i played the fucking game i played the whole thing i played 40 hours probably more than most people have even played this game and i it's really fun And there's like really good emotional moments in it. And it's not all broken.
0: Well, see, that just makes me sad, dude, because I think literally everybody was pulling for this game, right? And if it wasn't for the shenanigans that they pulled, I mean, I think this probably would be on a lot of people's top tens. I mean, I was I was thinking that it was probably going to be on my top ten, you know, before we knew about all the performance problems and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I can't call my top ten good because I'm sure Cyberpunk's going to be on there. Right. So, like, I think a lot of people were really pulling for it and it's just it's it's sad to me that the work of all these developers, all the scripting, all the writing, all the all the good stuff that went into it cuz i mean, you know, it's CD Projekt Red. They did The Witcher 3. They're not they're not you know, totally incompetent. They know how to make a good game, right? So it's it's a shame that they got all this other stuff in the way of what, you know, ostensibly would have been a pretty great experience.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. Let me play Devil's Advocate here and we're going to take this part a little bit more. Okay uh one i'll say that yes out out of the box it's not witcher 3 and witcher 3 was like a clean even with some bugs it was like a clean experience i was immediately drawn in right there was like no like second guessing like I wish they would have done this there was just nothing like that like it felt really complete in my opinion um so this game doesn't feel like that so i'll give you that two i'll give everybody who's bitching and yelling that mismanagement of expectation correct yeah they didn't do the good job of it and they could have just let it wait a part of that i don't want to say is back on people who were so you know pushing for them to get this game out like the pressure was must have been insane you know uh, all those delays and then they're like you know they, oh, we can't delay again they'll fucking hate us or something well unfortunately they'll hate you more if you don't delay it really yeah but but what i was gonna say is my devil's advocate thing is and this is really my final thought on it because I don't think I don't want to leave this conversation of Cyberpunk and having people say they don't want to buy it. Yes, you should probably buy it later if you're on base console. If you're on a PS5, I still or Xbox Series X, I still think it's a pretty good experience. And I don't think it's fucking whack, like people are saying. And on PC, it's probably, you know, not bad either. But here's my devil's advocate thing. When Skyrim came out, that thing was fucking broken. Right, like it still is, right? It still is. Okay, like, <laughs> that's a perfect example. Yet it's being ported to every system and known to yes, man. It's, yes. it's on my watch, right? But I didn't give a fuck, man. And we weren't making such a big fucking deal. And Skyrim took five years, right? Six years. A while, it took a long yeah. time. Was it in the spotlight as much? Maybe not. But is is part of that on our fault? Like. How much of this is to blame for the actual people being psyched? Yes, a lot of it can lay with PR and how they market it and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's a little bit of overkill when it comes to how bad they fucked up. Because New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, these types of games are ambitious and they can break so easily and by the way just working for a developer i watched how easily a fucking t-pose can happen right yeah it's it's insane what they're trying to do with the city yeah it feels next it feels last gen i i'll give you that and it doesn't feel like this next thing that i was like so hyped for but i don't know man i think devil's advocate it's a fine semi-broken game i don't think that the vitriol is is really warranted In my opinion, I I mean, I hear it. I hear it. I
0: think you're probably more tolerant of stuff than other people are because you're like Mr. Early Access. You're Mr. Get in early. You know, you're okay with with bugs and stuff. I mean, and that, you know, everybody's mileage varies, right? Some people are fine with it. Some people are not fine with it. Uh, But also, I think I think the thing to me and the thing that's really stoking the fire is just the feeling of intentional hoodwinking, right? Like, I feel like this is not just a developer doing their best and they fell a little bit short. This feels like intentionally we knew it was not good and we went ahead with it anyway, we circumvented the QA process at PS4 and Xbox, and we wanted your money. That's what's really, I think, stoking people's fires right now. If it was just like CD Project Red and a couple of quests didn't work and the T-poses happened, like it would be fine. Like people should be playing it. But I think all the people who bought it for base console um, and found this buggy, like non-functional mess. I mean, you're playing on a PS5, and to be fair, that's like f- apparently the second best place to play it. The best place being like on Stadia for some reason, because Google's hardware is running the whole show. Uh, but th- so you're playing it like in the second best place to play it. If you're on a PS4, a base console, I mean, if you've got a launch PS4 and not even a PS4 Pro, I'm hearing that the experience is wildly different. And and they knew that. Right. So I think that's really the, the problem. Not that they yeah. didn't meet expectations, not that the, there's bugs, but that they were intentionally fucking people over when and because they wanted that payout. Right. So. Yeah, I, I think, think, well,
1: definitely it. the circumventing QA process is not cool. Like, that's not a cool thing to do uh, because, like you said, it's, like, intentionally saying, like, hey, we don't want you to see this in exactly, this way. Exactly, right, yeah. But then, yeah, I think what they should have done is obviously just don't release the old version. That's what you people know? are saying. That's exactly yeah.
0: what people are saying, dude. Um, I think
1: that – I so I agree with that. But I also don't think it's, like – I'm not gonna be like, oh, I used to like this developer. That's just not me. Like I like the like you said earlier, like the developers. Sure. You know, sure so the people making yeah. this game wanna make this game, they're gonna do great DLC. Some of those again, to cut through the bullshit and even even with the shit version on PS4, Xbox, there's those stories are still there. And right. like like you're gonna get some good stories coming up. Like so the, you know, long and short of it is, get it later if you didn't if you do, uh, didn't already get it. Uh, get it for PS5 or PC, and then wait because some cool shit will probably still come out of this. And yeah.
0: I'm I'm here for it. You know, I mean, uh, real talk, dude. In 12 months, I'm sure this game will be amazing, right? I'll have a PS5. Uh, those poor people at CD Project Red will be crunching to infinity. They they'll probably yeah. put out a million patches. There'll probably be some amazing DLC. I mean, it's probably going to be a great experience 12 months from now. But they launched in like the worst possible way and especially so because this was like everybody's most anticipated game right so the stakes were tremendous really yeah. bad judgment call at the people at the top level again nothing but love for the the base people we love those guys the developers it's not their fault so uh
1: and in in my video by the way that's why i i, I surmised it and just said basically i don't know if i love it that was like the whole idea of the video i was like do i love it and i was like talking with myself yeah. back and forth yeah. and i was like I think I do, but wait, but it's fucked, <laughs> yeah. but I, but I love it, you know? So that's, that's a really, very, very
0: difficult, idea. very unexpected, very, uh, bitter, bitter kind of experience. Um, yeah, not the way I don't think anybody wanted to see it turn out this way, but here we are. Um, I think, uh, I'm not going to play it for a couple months at least. I don't know if you're going to keep playing it, but I'm sure we'll touch upon it again I mean, probably at least like next year, maybe June, July, who knows? We'll check in at that point and see what happens. But uh, well,
1: we'll talk about it more uh, with me because obviously I'll still be plugging away at it. And also recently I've been doing you know little videos, your about videos, yes, my videos about it. But also I just found a way uh, recently outside of the map um, because I watched a YouTube video and I was able to do it. And I just like did a whole series of like all the things that are outside of the map uh, of Night City. And it's some cool shit out there. So I'm oh, kind yeah. of like playing around with the open world, you know? Interesting. All
0: right. We'll touch back on Cyberpunk 27.7 for sure. Um, a couple more things here. We do have some listener questions as well before we go. Real quickly, I want to give a shout out to Kronos before the Ashes. We didn't talk about this already, did we, Carlos? Kronos before the Ashes. Wait. Yeah. The, the hard Dead Souls. Or, oh, we uh, didn't talk Dark about Souls. this. Okay. We did. Yeah. Okay. I must have mislabeled the script. Scratch that. Good game. Scratch that. Uh, the last game on our agenda then is Nine Witches family disruption uh, this is a 2d adventure game adventure in the sense of kind of like a point-and-click you got your characters they're picking up items they're examining items they're combining items to solve puzzles lots of puzzles uh, so it's an adventure game with a capital A like the LucasArts kind of stuff back in the day if you're old enough to remember that this game uh, is set during World War II, and what happens is you take control of a pair of characters one is a blonde Japanese guy and he is kind of like the assistant to the professor. The professor is... Uh, I think it's a German guy or maybe a Polish guy in a wheelchair. And he has the ability to astral project. So he can send a spirit outside of his body to do things. But he's really physically weak. And he has his Japanese assistant bro that goes with him all over the place. He's got a gun. They do some basic combat in this game. And also solve a lot of puzzles. Pick up a lot of items. Um, I'm not real big on the adventure genre. Uh, because I find that usually my brain doesn't work the same way that your brain has to work to like make most of these puzzles make sense. Like, you know, everybody knows the cat hair puzzle from whatever it was, Gabriel Knight or whatever game that was. And there's all these like, you know, get a mop and you take the mop head off and then you combine it with the dead beetle and that turns it red. And then it turns it into like a thing that you stick on your cat. And then you put the cat in the rocket ship and then the rocket ship flies to Mars and Mars comes back and it brings you like a rock and you need the rock to use as a paperweight. And like, you know, that whole shit, like I don't go in for any of that stuff. Like it's horse shit and I can't stand any of it. Um, but I do like the adventure game when they when they play things more simply, right? More straightforward. And I'm ha- very happy to say that Nine Witches Family Disruption is one of those that is very straightforward. But I don't mean that as a negative. I mean that as a positive, right? Most of the puzzles are pretty simple. There's only like one or two steps to them. And most of them can be easily figured out based on what items you have and what's going on, right? There's not these like crazy leaps of logic. Like sometimes you might have to like look at something a little sideways. But you'll be able to figure out, like, oh, this is, this is a wheel. It's a circular thing. It helps things roll. Okay, I know where that probably goes. Or, hey, I need to find a bone. Where can I find a bone? Where did I see a bone? Okay, I go there, find one, bring it back. Pretty straightforward, right? Which I really appreciate. I was able to get through almost all the puzzles on my own, which is a tremendous achievement for me and my non-puzzle brain. Um, so I like that a lot. There's also tons of humor in this game. We were just talking about humor in Phoenix Rising. I like that humor. Um, it's a slightly different type of humor in nine witches. It's more of like callbacks And kind of plays on words and a lot of like absurdist stuff, but I think it's really really funny I laughed a lot during this game The banter between the two main characters is really fun uh, And again, this is in World War two you Hitler does make an appearance There's lots of Nazis that, that show up and there's all sorts of black magic stuff going on, but it's like really funny There's some dark humor. There's lots of just jokes. There's lots of silly situations it's really lighthearted, but in a good way. Like, it doesn't get absurd because you're always, like, staying on task. You're always trying to defeat the Nazis. Uh, but it's, there's lots of laughs. So there's lots of funny stuff that happens. I think the, the mechanics between the active guy with the gun and the guy in the wheelchair are really, really good. And I think that you can do a lot of neat stuff. There's a lot of cool puzzles, especially involving the guy who can astral project. Sometimes he can um, pass through doors and see what's on the other side. Sometimes he can... Take control of a person if they are weak-willed. Like, he can find certain people who are, you know, not so strong upstairs. He can kind of suggest to them that they take certain actions to solve puzzles Mm -hmm. for you. It's pretty good. Um, I think the art is really cute. Really simple pixel art style, which is really effective and good. The scope of the game, really good. It's small, so there's not a million different locations. If you do get stuck, it's really easy to go through all the locations quickly. And there's a little function that tells you what you can interact with. So you're not stuck like pixel hunting you know like you're not clicking on every goddamn thing on the screen like it's very easy to see there's only one item on the screen i can interact with let me check this out this is not it go to the next location and there's not a ton of locations right so there's not a lot of option for you to get stuck or to get lost which is great because i feel like a lot of these games in the adventure genre just get too far up their own ass like with this weird logic and trying to make you you know you miss one item three screens back and you're fucked for like an hour because you forgot where you were and you know what i mean Hold on, I was just
1: about to say this sounds like a good family adventure game, or a adventure game for the family. But then you said "up your own ass" and then "fuck." I don't know if I can do that now. No, no, no.
0: This is not a, this is not a family game. Uh, there.
1: Oh, uh, okay. No,
0: no, not at all. This it just seemed like, like it was super easy. I mean, it is it is easier than most adventure games because there is less bullshit. Um, I think the puzzles are good; they're able to be solved without like going to an FAQ every five seconds. So, in that sense. I think it is easier, but I think the adventure genre usually has difficulty that's awful and bad. Like I don't usually like it. Um, So it's really good in that way. I think the writing is really sharp. It's really funny. Um, The situations you get into are really great. Uh, The amount of locations you go to is really manageable, but good in a good way. There's never any items that are unusable. So like there's no trash in your inventory. So everything you have has a purpose, which helps keep the game moving forward. And there's a really good hint system where if you forget what you're doing, you can look at your notebook and it tells you what you should be doing. It's just a really, really, really well put together adventure game. And I generally don't like this genre, but I really like this game a lot. It's it's like the kind of adventure game for people who don't like adventure games. And I feel like just really smart design all the way through. I really like this one.
1: That's cool, because, yeah, we have talked about adventure games a lot on the show and we both have those same frustrations of pixel hunting. Like, uh, how do you combine these things? Uh, now I'm just going to stop, <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, I'm just going to go to something, um, play something else and remind me of the name again it is nine witches family disruption just came out really great game i will say also um if if you liked uh if you like this or if you like the kind of adventure game that's simple and straightforward it has a lot of humor the other one that's in the same bucket as this is dark side detective that is also in the adventure genre also dark humor also um pretty simple straightforward puzzles in the, in the best way possible i think these two games are very similar they're on the same wavelength and i really like them both those are like my two favorites Of the adventure genre in the past few years so if you like nine witches check out dark side detective if you like dark side detective check out nine witches and i think nine witches is great i played it on the switch no i'm sorry excuse me uh it's on the switch but i played it on ps4 runs fine on ps4 it would be fine on the switch it's fine anywhere uh just total thumbs up on that one cool good stuff that is all the games we have to discuss right now um but we do have a couple of questions and jerune was so happy with our q a session two episodes ago he sent in a couple more questions. The first one is directly for you, Carlos. You ready?
1: Whoa, we're going to answer more of his questions? Holy shit. We've only got two. We've only got two. Okay. It's, it's going
0: to, like, last for
1: six episodes.
0: No, no well, I don't and know. I and mean, now it's a new segment that we call... <laughs> Jerune's Q&A. Uh, I love Jerune, though. He's a great guy. I love that he sends in these questions. This one is for you, Carlos. Uh, Carlos, uh, so we're getting back a couple episodes ago. You remember he asked you about TV, what kind of TV you would want to buy. He wanted TV advice. Mm. And he said, Carlos... Are you not afraid of burn-in on your TV? You said you have an OLED, and you're, you're not satisfied with that. Why would you get another TV? Oh, I'm sorry. You have a QLED. Yeah. But you would you would get an OLED if you bought a TV next time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you afraid of burn-in, or why are you not satisfied with the TV you have now?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a whole new world where I think with the TV I had before, just straight-up old-school HD TV, you know? Um, I didn't really notice anything because maybe, uh, I don't know, the graphics are just basic. But, like, once you start going up and adding more, you know, LEDs and, and, and OLEDs and stuff like that, you get what I guess is a lot of, like, potential artifacting and different things that happen within the screens because um, I don't know. I'm talking on my ass. I don't know why it's happening. But, the, like, my version has, like, sometimes – in like a very, very like light environment, you might see like a little bit of, I forgot what they call it, but like like patches in a, in a way, right? And it's not just like a, a manufacturer error, it's just with these types of new TVs. And I feel like we're in between of like the best technology and we're like in, a, in that in the middle area where things like that can happen. So the reason I say that is because I think an OLED will have less of that artifacting And I'm seeing a little bit of it in mine. Now it's only in these certain scenarios where like, there's nothing on the screen or like very, very sparse, you know, like, uh, like a gray wall or something. But in general, if something's on the screen and it's like colorful and using the, you know, the eight, the 4k HD, I'm not, I'm not noticing it. So that's the reason I
0: think that that's less in OLEDs. Okay. All right, hopefully, Drew, that answered your question. I don't know anything about TV, so I'm just kind of just nodding my head and agreeing with whatever you're saying. Oh,
1: it's annoying. It's like you you pay money for a TV and you think like, oh, you're just going to get like this amazing experience but just like anything else that's not true right yeah it's, it's too it. much
0: dude it's honestly too much like it kind of my brain shuts down i just like i want to walk into a store after coronavirus of course and buy a tv and i just want to get a good tv but there's like so much to it these days and then on top of that like you get your new console i know there's all these different settings and do you want performance or do you want the other frame rate or like whatever you want like, like it's it's too many options man i just want to like tv plug it in go like that's what i want so this Real is all quick. very confusing to me
1: real quick this is a good tangent though um and i keep forgetting to bring it up but i think we said on one of the episodes when you export on a ps5 right now certain video files are coming out as web yes 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 fucking insane still are don't know why uh two um a lot of the graphics because they're 4k this is like a, a weird problem to have like they're coming out too dark So pictures come out too dark. Oh, I see what you're saying. And even video comes out too, like washed out, because it's not experiencing the fucking TV that I'm playing it on.
0: Right, like it's made for the TV. But when you look at it on a phone, or like you upload it somewhere to Twitter or something, it's not coming through.
1: Yeah, literally the file that I really am excited about, I just exported, and I've got to like do all this post processing in Premiere to make it look good. And I'm like, but this looks amazing on my TV. So that's another thing, like you said, we're in between. And also, like every game right now, we haven't talked about this, but I'm playing the PS5. And here's a uh, maybe a con for not having one. If you're like, you know, frustrated, you don't have one. Almost every game has fucking settings. Right. What a
0: drag, dude. I wasn't thinking
1: thinking about that before this, you know, because in PCs you do. You're like, I remember, remember, that's why I went to console, to not right. think about it I dislike doing that. Yes, I intensely oh, dislike Oh, right. It. So I'm not saying it's exactly a PC, but like even with um, oh, Cyberpunk, there's an HD setting I had to turn on. <laughs> like oh, I had to go fuck. find, and I was like, why do I have to put HD on? Don't you just know? Or, or HDR, it was HDR. HDR, yeah. But still, and there's just so much, that, and like the lighting and dark. Like one game, like Temtem, was super bright. You know, and like, and almost washed out. And I was like, is that because I fucked with the TV? Or is that because I fucked with my PlayStation? Or is that because I didn't fuck with the PlayStation in Temtem?
0: Ugh, too much too much stuff to worry about dude i don't want i mean plug and play that's that's what i've always liked about consoles that's what i want from consoles. guess what
1: motherfucker i know. it's not gonna happen Those it's days only are gonna go the opposite way yeah oh yeah.
0: fuck garbage okay fuck okay now i'm thoroughly depressed thank you for that <laughs> um last question from jerune and then we're gonna wrap up and then we have that valhalla spoiler right at the end but um his last question says hey guys do you think that mass effect one still holds up to this day i think he sent this in before uh he heard the story episode we just did he oh, yeah. said, I'm considering buying the new trilogy next year when it comes out. I've never played it before. Would Mass Effect 1 still be good or has it not aged well? I read a lot of people say that it should be a remake instead of a remaster. Do you agree? Have you ever replayed that game and or the other Mass Effects? Your opinions, please. Carlos, what do you think?
1: Well, yeah, it's, it definitely definitely holds up. And I think the remaster will be a perfect thing to do, not remake it. Because for Final Fantasy seven, I liked that it was a remake. Where they change story stuff, I think they should leave Mass Effect alone and just make it look better and play better, maybe. Um, but I think it's
0: fine. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, I played through it twice, which is pretty rare because I almost never replay games, but I really, it is one of my favorite games, Mass Effect 1 specifically. I haven't played it in a couple of years, to be fair, but I loved it the first time. I loved it the second time. I mean, is it perfect? No, there's some issues. I mean, inventory is kind of an issue. I know that certain people said that if you built your character, um, some of the builds, I think, are way better than others. I think if you try to get fancy with, like, some of the magic or something like that, like, it's maybe not as good of an experience because the it just didn't handle it that well in the game. Which, I mean, okay, I, I get that. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think just, like, printing it up a little bit and leave it as it is, keep that trilogy experience together and just focus your efforts on something else, uh, the new stuff that's coming out. I think it's probably fine because you're not really playing that game for the combat. I mean, you're playing the game for the story, for the characters, for the quests, for the romances, like you're not really like, I, I mean, if you're coming to mass effect because you want juicy visceral combat, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. I think just coming into it and it, having it be pretty and having it run fine on a new console for me would be fine. Uh, but you know, full disclosure, it's one of my favorite games of all time and I think it's pretty good as it is anyway. So
1: I, I will say this. Though. I remember going back to two, I think. Yeah. And playing like the combat and being like, Ooh, I don't like this i and didn't like did, it to start with so that's fair right right so maybe it was just like uh, this is why i didn't like it yeah so but uh, by the way don't sleep on andromeda i talk about it every time no. uh, i think it's very good
0: all right that is it for droons questions hopefully we answer your questions droons and folks if you would like to send us your own questions or topics for the show or comments or anything else we are always so happy to get those send them to us uh on twitter or an email email address as always so video games podcast at gmail.com hit us up on twitter at so video games but probably a good way to get us is also individually carlos where can people reach out to you this week
1: uh youtube.com such a lot of things
0: excellent as for me same as always b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's that's on twitter and instagram that is going to do it for episode 211 thank you for joining us here on the so video games podcast Um, So we are going to do a little bit of a spoiler for Assassin's Creed Valhalla next. So if you don't want to be spoiled, go ahead and sign off now. You're not missing anything else. This is the absolute end of the show. All that's coming next is some Valhalla spoilers. So thank you for listening. If you join us for the spoilers, please welcome aboard. If not, we will see you next time. And if you don't stay, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. And here is your last and final super, super spoiler warning. Do not listen past this part if you don't want to be spoiled for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And here we go. All right, Carlos, <laughs> you want to set it back up again? Tell us again what the situation was and what is the spoiler?
1: Yeah, the main thing is, is that at the end of the game, uh, it kind of goes back out to the real world. The
0: Amstergo stuff.
1: Yes. And uh, I had had a great... Actually, right before it goes back to the real world, you have kind of a cliffhanger ending okay. where you like you, you feel like you've done all this stuff with your main character and the characters. I'm not going to spoil everything. And you uh, have this really cool, almost satisfying ending, but it doesn't end-end in the Viking world. It goes back out to the real world, and you're like, oh, I want to see the ending. So you do go to the outsides of the uh, real world, do some stuff, go back to the... Um, the Viking world, right? The mm-hmm. virtual reality, mm-hmm. but the thing you've been playing the whole time. And you get a nice payoff, like a really, really fine, final ending to that Viking world. Okay. But then it does some more Abstergo shit. And without fully spoiling it, you essentially... I mean, do good fully spoil it. Just, just well, fully spoil it. Just one of the it. Ma- the main girl you're, you're controlling, who is in this VR, you know, Abstergo thing, um, she essentially decides to stay in virtual reality... Mm -hmm. and help with some shit, right? And so then when you go back out into the real world, um, and, you know, my Viking guy, I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, Ivor, I want to go back to you. You know, what's going to happen? Because this girl's now in virtual reality, like, forever. She's, like, talking about, like, becoming electricity, essentially. Like, just, like, helping solve the problem to save the universe or something. So I'm like, what's going to happen? So the guy I didn't like the whole game, his name's Bossom. Um, he's like one of the assassins you know he's trying to like get you to do the assassin creed shit in vikings sure, sure and i fucking hated him and i didn't like him at all and he was a fucking asshole and he it made me hate assassins in assassin's creed like i really didn't <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a problem so he is in the real world they like he shows up in the real world i forgot fucking how
0: how like, is for, that even possible i already forgot how uh, okay, let me, uh, let me let me clarify this. Okay, so I haven't played Assassin's Creed for a while. I think the last time I played was maybe the end of the Ezio trilogy. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, please. All of these adventures that you go on, regardless of which game it is, it's because somebody in the real world finds a strand of DNA somehow, and they extrapolate that. Like, it's supposed to be like someone's memories are encoded in the DNA, and so every adventure that you go on... It's something that happened thousands of years in the past or hundreds of years in the past, and it's already done because it's encoded in the DNA. You're just like reliving it. Is that not correct?
1: Yeah, it is. But they kind of like make you they also throw a little wrench in there and say, like, yeah, whatever you do in there also happened, you know, because you're still making choices. Right. I
0: just don't understand how that even works. If this person yeah, is going to be. Yeah. It's, okay. You
1: know what I mean? Like that I've already like never, ever like was on board with. <laughs> I, was like, I don't get why that happens because it doesn't make sense. Because literally this is a choose your own adventure. You can make different decisions in this Viking world. Right. 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 And like I chose to have the, the son of a king become the next king. But you can also not do that. But like did that character really do that? I, I think it's like we take over that body. Uh, but then again, it already happened. But then again, and this is the worst, <laughs> worst spoiler episode. Go ahead. The, yes. Then again, that actually does affect the present because, you know, stuff actually happens with the of Sergo. Let me get back to the point. The point is this. I remember now Basim was in that like um, like this is like a uh, dungeon place. And there's like a virtual reality thing down in the dungeon. And that is how he stayed alive somehow. Okay, so so he's when, like
0: stayed alive the entire time from Viking yes, times.
1: Yes, it doesn't make sense. So then the girl goes down there, you know, the in the modern world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she decides she's got to hook into this virtual reality thing from the olden days and go and and help save the universe. Let's just say that. But when she does that, she's stuck in there, and he fucking gets out. And like he's like, "Aha! That was my plan the whole time." I'm like, "What are you talking oh, about? Oh my god!" Right here's the worst part of the whole thing, Brad Galloway. <laughs> oh Jesus, we've already had plenty of worst. No, this is the worst. He gets out, goes to the real world, meets the people who you were just like in the house, like doing, you know, the VR machine animus. He goes, guess what, motherfuckers? I'm going in. And he goes in the VR animus. And then you're him as a Viking. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm never playing this game ever again. (laughs) That whole thing
0: sounds like the biggest crock of horseshit. shit.
1: Isn't that why you see why I don't want to play DLC that I'm him. I'm the uh, fucking character. I hate the most becoming the Viking.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think that maybe the Assassin's Creed people have lost the plot a little bit. I think I think as, as you have noted many times, as I have said many times, as many people have said many times, I think we just want to play the 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 Viking or the Egyptian or the Greek part. I don't think anybody wants the real world part. I don't think anybody wants that. Why do we do We don't keep need it anymore. And yeah, also we-
1: it was similar to Witcher Three. Like I said, it felt like Witcher Three. It felt like an RPG minus all the other stuff, which I only went to like a few times. Yeah. Um, it's just a great it's like a very good game or great game, I think, without those pieces. But literally talk about a way to get your the player base not wanting to play DLC, especially if they're investing in these characters, like yeah, fuck that. I'm like I can't go back. And I really want I like the engine and I like the world, but I'm not being that motherfucker, dude. I'm not being that guy. <laughs> Carlos is out. I'm out, dude. <laughs> I'm out of the animus and I'm out of the game. Out of it all together.
0: All right, folks, thank you for joining us for this little end of the episode spoiler <laughs> session. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that sounds ridiculous, but we covered it, and here we go. And this is actually going to be the true end of the show. There's nothing left after this. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, and this is Bye from Brad. Bye from Carlos. True ending. That's <laughs>